Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including postseason baseball, NFL football, and the beginning of the hockey season. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, it is a happy episode for two-thirds of our co-hosts today as Jack and James are celebrating a Game 1 victory for the New York Yankees. So, boys, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Um, You know, it's been an all right day. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to do the same format as we did when the Mets were eliminated, and that is we're going to talk about the three other games first, and then we're going to do the main attraction that our guys are most interested in. First one, the L.A. Dodgers, as we predicted in our episode earlier today with the Locked On Padres host. If you haven't checked that interview out, that's right below this one. The Dodgers are steamrolling the San Diego Padres. Anything you guys want to say on that one? Otherwise, this is a pretty expected this to occur type of game. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. I think one, um, I know Mets fans currently are, uh, you know, I hate to like, you know, further the dagger in the wounds. But seeing the team have this showing after the Padres and games one and three dominated the Mets. I think just adds insult to injury, considering several people, and myself included, actually thought the Mets and the Dodgers would be very evenly matched for a five-game series. But as it be, the Dodgers are rightfully considered the best team in the playoff right now. I will say, though, I mean, uh, call me crazy. I think, James, I think you agree with me on this. The Dodger lineup maybe did not, um, you know, did not impress me the way I thought it would. I'm not saying, like, the performance – but in terms of like their top four, I would say the Braves or the not the Phillies. Actually, you know what? But maybe even the Phillies have a better top four than the, than the Dodgers. And who knows how they can compare and how it will rate out for the rest of the playoffs. James, your thoughts on the Dodgers? Uh, nothing to say about the Dodgers. Just San Diego Padres. Thank you. All righty. The other National League series was the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Atlanta Braves. Phillies won this game 7-6. They knocked Max Freed out of the game early. He only went three and a third innings, allowed six runs. Four of them were earned. And Ranger Suarez, who people are calling the knockoff Nestor Cortez, delivered a solid performance of three and a third innings and only allowed one run. And then it was really the Phillies bullpen that took it from there. Bilotti, Brogdon, Hand, Dominguez, Alvarado, and new closer Zach Eflin gave up three runs, but he still got the job done. Can the Phillies actually win this series? I know we all predicted Atlanta to beat the Phillies or the Cardinals, whichever team we faced. James, however, was the one exception to that rule. He had the Philadelphia Phillies winning this series in four games, I believe it was. So the Phillies are well on their way there. James, we'll go to you first. What did you see in this Phillies team that is making you think they actually can defeat the big, bad Atlanta Braves? They're the fighting Phils, baby. What what more needs to be said? I mean, the fanatic, you got the wild people of Philadelphia. Uh, you got a playoff team coming coming home for the first time in 11 years. Um, And yeah, I mean, this team just... They know how to swing the twig a little bit. Uh, Castellanos, Harper, uh, Segura, Bohm, I mean, Schwarber, they mash. Um, and, you know, division rival, uh, Atlanta kind of has owned the division all year, and the Phillies are like, you know what, we want a piece of that pie. Uh, and, you know, um, as I like to always say, hungry, hungry dogs run faster. Um, 
Phillies have come in, coming into the playoffs. They're hungry dogs. Uh, they've been running fast, and uh, you know, the Braves are just just their next meal. So, I saw I see the Phillies steamrolling the Braves. Um, and yeah, they're going to have a nice matchup with with the Dodgers in the championship series, probably here in a couple of days. And Truist Park is a pretty hostile environment to play games in. I know everyone knows the chop and they dim the lights and everything. And now Narco is their song as well. But the Braves, if the Phillies, you told them, win one game in Atlanta and you now have the opportunity to go to Citizens Bank Park and win both of those games with the rowdy Philly fans, I think they would have signed up for that. So they just did that by taking game one. And now they're basically playing with house money for game two. Jack, anything on this Phillies-Braves series? I think it's it's certainly a statement win, as, uh, as James alluded to. Um, game one, you know, the, you're the Phillies. You just beat the Cardinals. You're coming off a series where you had to use your two Cy Young candidate pitchers. So if you lose game one, it's not really panic mode for you. It's a game you're unexpected to win going against Mac, Max Freed. But they heard, heard all those narratives, and they threw them out. They tattooed Freed, a Cy Young candidate. is probably going to finish top five in the award. And they're pitching, you know, despite their shaky closer, Zach Eflin, locked down the Braves lineup for the entirety of the game. I will say right now, I think the Braves, top to bottom, have the most complete lineup in all of the remaining playoff teams. Your top four is, top five really, is elite of Acuna, Swanson, Riley, Olsen. And then you have guys like Michael Harris, who is a very, very underrated hitter in terms of how he ranks among the rest of Major League Baseball. He's hitting eight for them right now. So a truly scary lineup. And the uh, and the Phillies now, after taking game one, as Dylan mentioned, they have their aces, Wheeler and Nola, going two and three. James mentioned, James mentioned Ford. Frankly, I wouldn't be shocked if those two guys put the Phillies in a good enough position where their top four is it capable to give, put them over the edge. And we might be able to see the reigning champs get swept in the division round. Bye, Atlanta, please. All right, I know Seattle fans are really excited that their playoff drought ended. After today's game, maybe they wish they hadn't made the playoffs this year because they were winning by a lot, and then all of a sudden they were not. James, are the Astros now using this game that they won 8-7 to seven after scoring five unanswered runs in the last two innings? This series is going to be a steamroll. Astros in three and keep moving. Yeah, I mean, I don't even see who are the – who are the Mariners supposed to even roll out on? Is it Castillo? Castillo, Castillo Ray is supposed to be game but two, three. Ray pitched tonight. Like I don't, but like five pitches. I think. I think. He's yeah, but I just I don't even understand what I don't even know. It's, it's probably best I don't know who manages the right the Mariners because that was just an absolutely atrocious performance. All but time, and I, they've said there's a chance Logan Gilbert now starts game three. Didn't he pitch today? He'd be on short rest. I, and he I got just, tattooed today. I just, I don't even know what. Or not tattooed. Is it Scott Service is the manager yes. for the Mariners? I, I don't even know what, what he was thinking. I mean, just an absolute blunder. It makes anything Aaron Boone has ever done in his life look amazing. Um, I don't know. The Mariners just absolutely blew this game. Uh, no other way to put it. I don't wait, see how they win a baseball game. Wait, no, no need to throw Aaron Boone under the bus. I think the logic behind the move is I have a reigning fraudulent, uh, uh, granted, Cy Young winner, um, you know, in, who I can bring in on a lefty-lefty matchup. Um, I think I'm guessing that's the calculus of the move. But, you know, regardless of what you think of Service's choice to put him in, Ray puts a fastball essentially middle-middle to the second-best hitter, the guy who was the second-best hitter in baseball this year, and he absolutely crushes it. First ever walk-off home run when his team was trailing by multiple runs in playoff history. The single largest play by win probability added in the history of baseball. A 
crazy, crazy moment. You know, Astro fans have a right to be stoked. I think several people, myself included, I'm sure maybe you guys were in the same boat. I thought in terms of this game, I thought the Astros were dead to rights. You know, Mariners, they take game one. Certainly the Astros, If you, st I would still pick them to win the series regardless of the outcome of this game. But you feel a little bit better if you're a Mariners fan. You know, you got that young squad who's coming off a huge sweep. They earned a very impressive comeback of their own. They roll in here, take game one from a team many people pick to be the American League champs off the Cy Young, the Cy Young favorite. And you beat him up too, which I believe certain hosts called that happening. But, you know, it's a statement win for them if they come out of this game. But on the other hand, you have your closer, Paul Sewell, who can't get out of the ninth. You And then you proceed to have the guy who was your eight. You paid to be an ace come in to try to get one out. And he can't even do that. He serves a, a middle, middle four-seam fastball that's absolutely demolished. One of the hardest hit home runs in playoff history. Really tough to say now. I mean, I wouldn't pe think people would be shocked if the Mariners are done. Who knows? They have their ace tomorrow, Luis Castillo. Not tomorrow. Thursday. Thank you, Rob Manfred, for uh, going on the bump. So certainly a chance for them to get back into the series. But it's a really, really crushing defeat for them today. Yeah. I just, but like... Dude, like, it's not like you're trotting Madison Bumgarner in, like, 2014 out of the pen. Like, Robbie Ray's never come out of the bullpen in his life. More or less, like, has he even pitched in the playoffs before? I don't think so. Uh, maybe as a wild card for the Diamondbacks a couple years ago. That's a quick research. But it's also, they did and not have did, any... If he did pitch on that team, he gave up a ton of runs because they lost, like, 12 to 11 to the Rockies. Postseason so... pitching, all right, he pitched one game in 2020 where he gave up Went three innings, allowed one run, and for then the for Toronto when he okay. came out of relief for three innings, one run, which is eh. And then in Arizona, he had a he pitched six and two thirds innings and allowed five runs. So not great. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't really understand. I mean, unless this was already like a predetermined thing before the game that Robbie Ray knew he was going to be the emergency. service that he did. He said that he told Robbie Ray that with the weird off days, there was a chance he was their go-to closer today, which is an interesting way considering the Mariners' bullpen has been touted out as one of the uh, main things that's a key in Seattle. But looking at their roster, they could also try George Kirby, Matt Boyd, Matt Brash, and sort of a combo of guys in Game 3. But again, if you're facing elimination and Lance McCullers Jr. starting that Game 3, odds are you don't want to have a bullpen game. Which leads us to a team that will likely not be using a bullpen game anytime soon. And that is indeed the boys in the Bronx that came out swinging. Anthony Rizzo homered. Garrett Cole pitched well. The bullpen held it together at the very end. Made you sweat a little bit in that last inning. Maybe last couple of innings. But they got the job done. New York Yankees, you're 1-0. You're feeling confident. Jack said Yankees in three. I said Yankees in four, although I'm officially renouncing my Yankee fandom. I just couldn't do it after a single game. I tried, Jack. I really, really tried to get excited when Anthony Rizzo hit that home run, but now I couldn't care less if Ahmed Rosario wins a World Series ring. I don't want you guys to win one. No offense, but so we can scrap what I said in that last episode about Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez. I will continue to root for the Guardians, and remember my prediction at the beginning of the postseason that they win the World Series. But Jack, your thoughts on the New York Yankees, Cleveland Guardians, Garrett Cole, anything in between. I'll start with the man of the hour. I sent out this uh, this uh, you know cut spreadsheet I made, this little thing I whipped up to Dylan, James, several others, of three, B pitch three pitchers, A, B, C, and one of whom, A, had the out of the three, had the best ERA, XFIP, 
strikeout percentage, strikeout minus, minus walk percentage, Sierra, and whip out of those three pitchers. That man was Garrett Cole, and I compared him to Garrett Cole in the playoffs, and I compared him to Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, both in the playoffs. People call me, you know, granted, I think I manipulated a smaller sample size a bit, but when you look at it, you know, the first weekend, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander both pitched four innings. The latter let up seven runs, and Verlander let up six. Cole went six and a third today against and only let up one. Granted, I would say he probably faced the weakest offense out of the three. Regardless, Garrett Cole showed up. His first start in the Bronx gave you the performance that you pay a guy $36 million for. He gave he left, gave the Yankees the chance to win. And granted, I think he could have gone longer. Aaron Boone didn't want to mess around and deployed his strongest bullpen weapon, Jonathan Lewisegut, to relief and did not want Boone and did not want Cole to face the lineup a fourth time. A uh, stellar start from him. I think he's someone who I would I feel very confident charting out. I assume if this game, this series does go four games, that game four is Cole's. It's either that or you you assume he's getting a game one of the ALCS versus most likely the Astros. Uh, but you can't really, you have nothing more to, for him to give. A stellar start, one that fans were expecting. The pressure was high. Everyone knew the expectations following the wild card game start, and it's he de- he certainly lived up to all those expectations. It almost feels like the Guardians, not that they're playing with house money in this series, but it almost feels like everyone is counting them out, that the series is already over. The Guardians need to hit, and Garrett Cole proved that they're, it's going to be tough for them to hit. I believe it was Stephen Kwan hit a solo home run. And talking with some people in Cleveland, their biggest worry is that Jose Ramirez is the only thing that's carrying that offense at all. And if that they need to have a shot, it's Stephen Kwan and it's Andres Jimenez, two guys have been known for their contact that need to get on base for Jose Ramirez to be able to drive them in. So Quan was a part of that today. But again, not that Quantrill had a bad start because we've seen some significantly worse starts in the playoffs. But Quantrill, for a team that's going to heavily rely on their starting pitching, was not good enough. And it's going to be interesting to see Shane Bieber in game two. And who's game three for them? It's uh, McKenzie. Yeah, Tristan McKenzie is going to be game three in the tribe, in the trap, and whatever, in progressive field. So that'll be, those are their two big starting pitchers that are going to need to step up for them. And if the Guardians want to have a shot at this series, they need to take game two in the Bronx, which is going to be a tough ask of Shane Bieber. But nonetheless, it needs to be done. Josh Naylor is going to have to hit Nestor Cortez. It's going to be interesting how the Guardians lineup is going to handle because they're very left-handed heavy, which Quan Jimenez, I think Jose Ramirez is splits. You can double check me on this. He's better left-handed than he is right-handed. Ahmed Rosario is one of the few guys in that lineup, as well as Owen Miller, that hits lefties better. So Nestor Cortez is going to be a tough opponent for them to face in general. James, if you're back with us, I know we lost you for a sec. Your thoughts on Yankees game one? Yeah, I mean, uh, solid game by by this Yankees team. Um, I mean, not all that impressed. It's a weak Indians te- or a Guardians team. Um, I don't, I don't, I think this might be one of the worst playoff lineups we've ever seen. Uh, probably probably in recent history. Um, I don't I don't even know how Stephen Kwan hit a home run. I mean, if if that's your number one run producer, and you really have a bad offense. Um, anyway, uh, I thought Cole pitched fine. Uh, I mean, kind of got himself into some trouble early. Was able to work his way out of it. Um, I mean, pitch count was high early. Kind of got kind of got into a groove as the game went on. Started getting some quick outs. I don't know. I mean. He's going to have to pitch better than that next round, you know, versus the Astros or the Mariners. 
Uh, you know, both teams are definitely a much better hitting team than than the Guardians. Uh, I thought the Yankees' offense was fine. I mean, Cal Quantrill isn't really one of the isn't the cream of the crop playoff starter, in my opinion. Um, but the Guardians' back end is very respectable, and uh, I think it'll be hard to score runs off their bullpen. Uh, I will say though, um, so far my prediction: Yankees bullpen puts team on their back, uh, and they did so tonight. Wandy Peralta, Johnny Loisinga, Clay Holmes, all stepping up for the fellas. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Anthony Rizzo playing big tonight uh, really sets the tone. Um, you know, the Italian stallion really laying laying it down, laying the lumber down, uh, flashing the leather on on D. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess Anthony Rizzo gets the James James Talzig, uh most valuable Yankee of the night uh, Yank- for Game yep. One of the ALDS. The Yankees have now won nine consecutive playoff games against the American League Central. That's including six games against the Cleveland Indians and Guardians and three games against the Minnesota Twins. Jack, your confidence level that this is just going to end up in a sweep and that Nestor and Savvy just bring it home over the next four days, which is very odd to think that a sweep is going to take four days now to complete. Uh, I think I'm, I'm fairly confident, especially considering Judge and Stanton did nothing this game, and I'm not worried about their future uh, production throughout the postseason in the slightest. But as we've seen in the 2021 wildcard game and in the 2020 uh, division series against the Rays, the Yankees' offense in the postseason has consistently relied upon those two guys. Stanton was was the only player who showed up in 2020, in 2021 rather, then in 2021 he broke you know, he was setting records in terms of home runs. And then when facing elimination, Judge was the only player who hit, you know, who scored a single run with a solo shot in against the Rays to put them up one nothing. So the fact that those guys did nothing and then you still had Rizzo perform very well. Harrison Bader, what a, a, an outstanding time for him to have his first career Yankee home run. And then IKF with, you know, the Little League triple uh, Donaldson, you know, a terrible, terrible base running out uh, blunder. He still hit the ball hard, which, you know, is Maybe a sign if he's not benched, he could do something more to come. And then Trevino, well, I think he had overall pretty poor at-bats for the night, managed to get IKF in with a sack fly. So my biggest, you know, I don't think it was a common uh, worry, but mine was, was the offense just because we've consistently seen, I think, frankly, better offensive Yankee teams vanish come postseason time against quality pitching. So the fact that against, well, James did mention they have a terrible lineup. This team is very well equipped pitching wise in terms of bullpen and starting pitching. So to have lesser, you know, no, not as well-known contributors to the offense, step it up against this team is a very good sign for me. And we'll see now the 2020 Cy Young winner on Thursday or potentially Friday is a very big test considering in 2020 when the Yankees faced him that year, he won the Cy Young. They lit him up. It rocked him out of the game, I believe, by the fourth inning. Aaron Judge had a home run. Gio Rochelle had a home run. John Carlos Stanton had a home run. So certainly uh, some a traumatic experience for Shane and one that he's going to look to improve on in, when he comes to the Bronx on Thursday night. James, you gave the MVP of the night to Anthony Rizzo. And while it might be unfair to give the LVP award to Cal Contral, I assume you're probably going to go the Yankee route. So Josh Donaldson or Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who is your LVP of game one? Aaron Judge. Interesting. I mean, 0 for 3, 3 strikeouts. I mean, he had a walk, but his at-bats were piss poor. Took a lot of strikes. Uh, they kind of pounded him in all night. Didn't really make an adjustment through any of his at-bats. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge is the MVP uh, of this team. Of this team. Um, and, um, <laughs> see and, what yeah, you did there. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I mean, expectations are high for him. Um I think Stapp's gonna 
instantly rebuttal this, but I mean, he has never been that great in the playoffs. I mean, he's had his moments, don't get me wrong, but uh, overall as a postseason play, he's never really been that, that. Uh, I think we lost James, but Jack career. You wanna... I don't know. I mean, is Eric that X factor? Oh, am I back? Am I good? You're back. You're good. Yeah. You're yeah. Good. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you're um, good because you're spitting out some pretty blasphemous statements right now. But if you he's are never connected. been in that in the playoffs. I mean, that's Aaron Judge is a 125 WRC plus in playoffs, that 125 OPS plus, so 25 percent better than average. We're playing only 35 games, so he's been good. Certainly not at the Hall of Fame caliber talent he's been throughout the entirety of his career. But given he's played 35 games in the playoffs and 729 for that the entirety can, of the can I just season, can I just I pause you for a, much, a second? You just said Aaron Judge has had a Hall of Fame-worthy career? In terms of his per-rate statistics, yeah, he's had Hall of Fame numbers. Considering the season he just had, you know, he put up a 200 OPS plus, which has been done only a handful of times. On a per-rate basis, Aaron Judge has been a Hall of Fame player. He doesn't have the longevity, granted. like That's very fair and true. But if you look at how he's been when he's been on the field and his statistics during the time he's played, he's had Hall of Fame numbers in the span of the games he's played. That is 100% an inarguable fact. Jack, the same he's, way it's been to always what? He's a 230 playoff hitter. Yeah, 125. Yeah, because most of his hits come via the home run. Like, what do you like? He's played in, a, in 160 plate appearances, he's hit 11 postseason home runs. He's hitting Very, 230. With an OPS close to 800. Like, he's not been the same caliber player, but he's certainly be good. He's been serviceable. I'm not going to say he's like an elite. Jeter-esque clutch player. He's still been very good. And he's had several games, including both wildcard games, uh, the ALDS Game 2 versus Boston, ALCS Game 2 versus Houston in 2019, the 2020 Wild, the 2020 ALDS Game 5, where he's been the main contributor on, on the offense. He's consistently showed up for the team in the clutch throughout the entirety of the season, the entirety of last season, the entirety of 2017. So to stand there and argue he is simply not clutch is just a farce, and one that people will go on to the WFAN and the clowns we let on this show go on to make. You know, the same guy who's going to claim that the guy who's the MVP historic season after having one game in which he struck out three times, who as a D1 college player, I think, understands the fact that great hitters don't always have outstanding games. So and don't spit to me the blasphemous takes that Aaron Judge is the least valuable player when I just watched Josh Donaldson pimp a 312-foot home run, get the run out on the way to second. Isaiah kind of left will make three errors, coming a hairline away from costing the Yankees a run and grounding the two double plays and the consistent atrocious at-bats from Jose Trevino and Oswaldo Cabrera swinging at pitchers in the dirt and stand before me saying the guy who put up the greatest and most impressive home run season of all time is the least valuable player. Never repeat that to me again. I am insulted that I have to listen to such idiotic takes, and you make me stay up at eleven thirty to hear such such a lunacy. I am appalled. I, I, I rip my ears out of off and like pour my eyeballs from their sockets after hearing such a terrible. I'm like, I am offended. I hate using that word. I'm offended, and I feel attacked by what I just heard. I will I'm not Aaron Judge Slender is not tolerated from any Yankee fan. Not that James qualifies as one, considering <laughs> he could be he gets appalled when the team does well and when they, their ace has success. But I, I've just had enough of it and I'm just sick of the BS that that we have to deal that we think is is true quality content by slandering 
excellent performers and then claiming that, you know, subpar ones could be starting over him. Give me a Aaron Judge is the most clutch player on this team. He's the best player on this team. And I guarantee you he puts them on their back because if not, then what's the point? What's the point of watching the sport in which it's best currently best player? The guy who just had the best season by far isn't is the least valuable player on the field. Give me a break. Well, the best player in baseball is not in the playoffs this year, but that's a story for another day. I think it's official that we can call Jack an Aaron Judge stan, and nobody can ever do anything wrong in Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, I guess hitting two thirty in the playoffs qualifies you as a as an elite postseason player. You know, someone that three fifty seven over one twenty five WRC plus, but yeah, twenty five percent better than the league average. But yeah, sure, he's and and more clutch home runs than I can count. But yeah, he's he's just a terrible player. Well, terrible. let's see what happens the rest of this series. Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie. Aaron Judge is still earning that contract. If he is a legendary March or sorry, legendary October, he can only add on to that further amount that he's going to get. And he'll look great next year in a San Francisco Giants uniform. But that is again for our offseason episode. I think we've rambled on a lot. We will be back again, whether it's going to be after game two. It probably will not be tomorrow based on the fact that we're going to let you guys catch up on all our other episodes, including a recent interview with the Georgetown baseball head coach, as well as a recent interview with Locked On Padres post talking a lot of things there so make sure to catch up on all these old episodes before we continue to churn out more postseason content later this week we'll probably be back for an instant reaction to game two of all the series on i believe that would then be thursday night because all each team will have played two games there so for the next time dylan james and jack the side is retired